Can we all agree that eating bats is not okay? It's March 16th. This is your Monday microdose. Thank goodness that uh, those ESI silicone grips are as tight as they are, or I probably wouldn't have this giant jug o hand sanitizer. Um, You'll see that uh, Bobblehead Abe and Doctor Who, Mr. Potato Head, are practicing social distancing. (laughs) It's going to be a wild ride, everybody. So I wanted to touch on something um, that I kind of touched on last week. And given the fact that a lot of you out there might be hunkered down, uh, it seemed like an opportune time. Uh, because what happens when you, you know, get <clears throat> kind of quote-unquote trapped in your house, you, you're, uh, you're on the internet all the time. And so I want to talk about expectations. Expectations primarily... Um, with regards to your bicycle, and even more specifically, um, a bicycle that you're you are picking out all the parts for. And you know, I I want to say from the from the jump here that this is not directed at any one person or people. Um, these are just some things that I have observed over the years. And I'm going to use Rivendell as an example because um, that's the one that I've got the most experience with, and that's the bike that, as a general rule, you're buying a frame set, and you're, you may be picking out all the parts to build the bike. You don't see it as much with, you know, if somebody comes in and buys a long-haul trucker off the rack, I mean... You know, I don't see this quite as much, but especially given the fact that Rivendell's, you know, they're expensive. I don't think there's any argument about that. And so in a lot of cases, it takes some time to actually get yourself in a position where you can buy one of these bikes. And in, you know, I'm sure in a lot of cases, uh, sacrifices are being made uh, in order to come up with these funds. And maybe you've sold some personal items to try to, you know, uh, build up this, this uh, war chest, as it were, in order to buy this bike. But... <laughs> All the while, you're thinking, and in your mind, you're building, you're building this bike, and you're reading blog posts, and you're reading listservs, and you're looking at pictures, and you may go through three or four iterations of this build. You may have you know, this one part, you've got it all figured out, and then all of a sudden this new part comes out. Well, that changes things, and then the expectations grow even more because if it was going to be good before, it's going to be really good now. 
the jeopardy here is that in some cases, when it finally comes time, you build the bike, you take it out, throw your leg over it for the first time. The jeopardy is that this bike is never going to live up to the expectations that you've built for it in your mind. And I think that's, it's not to overstate it, but it's a tragedy in a way. Because these are all great in, you know, for the most part, they're great bikes that we're talking about. And I hate to see this when it happens. And so I have a little story to tell. And I, I find it curious that the stories that I tell often run counter to the thing that I'm trying to do as a retailer. And it's not going to match up completely, but just stay with me. In the mid-90s, I worked in the ski business, snow skis. And being that I was, you know, that I was in the ski business, you know, we thought a lot about skiing. And there, you know, was a skier at that time, and I have no reason to believe that he's not still around, but his name's Doug Coombs, and Doug was the pioneer of heli-skiing in the Chugach Range of Alaska. Heli-skiing is, you know, there are no lifts, right? You can't hike there. You get a helicopter to take you to the top of the mountain, and then you ski down. Um, pretty extreme stuff. And the story goes that Doug showed up for, I don't know, whether it was a, a clinic or, you know, a personal, you know, kind of an event, meet and greet type of thing where he was going to ski with some people. And before the, the event started, he, I don't, I can't remember whether one of his poles broke or whether his poles didn't make it with the rest of his stuff. It was one or the other. And so they were at a, you know, a ski resort that had rentals, and one of the guys, somebody got him a set of poles from the rental shack. Now, if you've ever rented skis, the equipment is not what you would call on the cutting edge of technology. And, you know, they were just kind of crappy aluminum poles. This was a guy that was sponsored by a major, you know, pole company and could have anything he wanted. But that was fine, and he used them for the event. And, again, my memory gets a little cloudy here, but I think someone ran into him months and or years later, and he was still using those poles. This world-renowned skier, sponsored by, you know, all of his needs were taken care of when it came to what he needed to ski, and he was still using these rental poles. And somebody said, why in the world are you still using these rental poles? And he said, well, he goes, you know, I just got used to them. His opinion was that we never, we, as a consumer-based society, never 
let ourselves get used to any one thing. You know, it is something that takes some time. And that he had gotten used to these poles, and they worked just fine, and he saw no reason to change them. I don't know how his poll sponsor felt about this, but that that was the story. The My point in all of this is that for Doug Coombs, the experience was the skiing, the overall activity of skiing. The experience was not tied up in a set of ski poles. Take care of yourselves out there. Take care of each other. Until next time, be nice, work hard, ride bikes, play music when you can. I'll talk to you soon.